Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lord, make us a house of prayer. Make us let our fire never burn out for you, Lord. Light us up today, Lord, as we hear from your word in this place. Not just this church, but every church, every pastor that's preaching the gospel, Lord. May their churches come alive with fire from your Holy Spirit. And to you be the glory for it all, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everybody. You may be seated if you're standing. Um, I just wanted to invite everybody online. There's people that have just tuned in now. And uh, we want to tell you this is Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani, and we're glad you're here. You're in for a treat today. Pastor Brett is going to preach today. Um, and uh, we just had a ex good experience with taking the elements for communion, just reminding us how much the Lord Jesus loved us, reminding us how much the Father loved us, reminding us how much the Holy Spirit loves us and drew us to the Savior Jesus, and we thank you for that. For those online, again, this is Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe. Um, we're, we're in Palm Beach, Florida. We're a half a mile west of I-95 on the north side of the road at 2810 High Paluxo Road, and we're glad that, that you tuned in. Stay tuned in as you're in for a treat. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to remind, um, remind you that and, you know, on our website, you can... Uh, you can uh, see our messages from years past. You can find out what we believe in, who we are, where we're located. You can even donate online should the Lord lead you. So we'll be glad to keep the gospel rolling out there for everyone. So um, let's see. I want to remind you in the back are some books. For those of you online, I wrote a book. If You, you can call me up. You know, uh, my phone number is 561-601-1130. And our website is uh, freedomchurchpb.org. My email, just add Joe at in front of Joe at freedomchurchpb.org. And um, I can get one of these books to you. If you're here, you're welcome to take one with, with uh, donation. Um, so I'm going to invite Pastor Brett up. I said Pastor Brett is also a missionary. He's also uh, an evangelist. So you're in for a treat. Love you, Brett. Good morning, Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. How are you this morning? How you guys doing? Got some fire burning in your bones after that worship and, and communion? Amen. Man, I felt the presence of the Lord this morning. Uh, he's always present. Amen. He's omnipresent. But when we worship Him, His presence becomes more um, aware to us. Amen. So God is everywhere all at the same time, but people are not aware of Him. Because they're not looking to him. They're not worshiping him. But when we get together, amen, two or three gather in the mighty name of Jesus. The presence of God is more manifest. It's more aware to us. When we take communion, when we worship, when we pray, we read our Bible, when we go out on mission, the presence of God becomes more aware to us. Amen. And we're going to talk about going on mission today. I just wanted to pray quickly with Pastor Joe up here. He's the, he's the Jesus Christ is the head of this house. Amen. But this is the man that Jesus left in, uh, in almost like a general position. Jesus is like the commander of the army, and he's the Lord's general here. So let's just honor him, please, yeah. But there's a place to give honor. You know, we worship one king alone, 
but there's a place to give honor, the Bible says, where honor is due. And this is a man of God. This is a man. Yeah, that I love because I didn't have a godly father growing up. And he's my godly father. You see, when you come into Christ, you come into a new family. An eternal heavenly family. And I love this man. He's such an example to me. He's such an amazing man of God. So we just, yeah, can you pray for this time in the Word? Amen. Lord, to you be all the glory. It's all you. And we thank you, Father. But Father, as Pastor Brett gets up here and teaches this morning, I pray that you keep our fires lit. If some of us are just smoldering embers, I pray, Lord yes. God, in the name of Jesus name Christ, of Jesus. that you would blow a fresh wind of fire, of oxygen, fire. to fire that, that ember back up and get us alive again once for Jesus. Once more, Lord. Time's running out. We can see it as the world's gone by. The, the scriptures are being fulfilled. The time is, is now. The season is here. And you're about to return. We don't know that date, but we certainly can't wait. How about yes. that? Lord, we can't wait till you come back. Lord, you be glorified in this service. You be glorified in everything that Freedom Church has ever done, everything that Bread has done, Lord, you know, for you. Anybody that has been serving you, Lord, let it be all the glory go to you. The Bible's very clear in Isaiah 42, 43. It says you will share, he, God will share his glory with nobody. And Lord, we don't want your glory. Yes, we just Lord. want your presence yes. in our life because we love you. And Father, bless this man as he preaches today and to him be the glory to you be the glory yes, lord in jesus yes, holy jesus. name amen, amen and amen i want you to know i adopted him about four years ago even though i've known him for many years about four years ago i adopted him as my son because i want my sons to preach the gospel amen. until the lord comes back so god bless you see why i call him my spiritual father that that's about everything i would have prayed but i couldn't because i was tearing up <laughs> So we're one in the spirit. Amen. And today, um, this is a very uh, holy ground. There's no coincidence we took communion before this message that I'm about to share. And this isn't, I want you guys to understand this. This is not um, some sermon at or a little teaching I prepared. This is the word of God, guys, that we're about to open. And today will be a little different. You know, sometimes the teaching, the teaching gift will operate. You know, the Lord wants us to learn something or, you know, grow in that area. Sometimes it's, you know, the other gifts operate. But there's times where we just need to hear the command of God and obey. Amen. We just need to hear the word of God and say, yes, it's that simple. And I believe today will be a moment like that for you guys. I believe that if you will open your heart and your spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, the Lord God will land on you. You will. I've been crying out to God all night. My brother was there. We were there till what, 1 in the morning praying on the floor. I've been worshiping God this morning, just repenting myself on the way here. Because church, we, there's some things that need to change in the body of Christ. And Pastor Joe already began to touch on it. Um, before we get started in this message the Lord has laid on me, I, I want to share... Just quickly, I'm not going to get into it because I don't feel led to go into details. If you have more questions, please come ask me after. And I'm sure I'm going to touch on it more as I preach. But 
I'm going uh, not even a week from today, but in on Friday, I'll be flying to the Middle East for the first time in my life. I'll be going to the Middle East to preach the gospel, guys, to preach. In, in, and where I'm going is, understand, it's the 1040 window. It's the Arab Muslim world. It's one of the most dangerous places to go and preach the gospel in the entire world. And we're particularly going to reach Muslims, particularly. And we are going to fly into Israel. We're leaving Friday. I have a couple people coming in. We're going as a team. Jesus sends you out and you know, in teams, amen, and um, he sends us out as his army, he deploys his troops in different places, uh, we're flying to Israel Friday, we're going to get there Saturday morning, and then we're going to go by camel to Egypt, no, I'm joking, but <laughs> we're going to go by bus to Egypt, and we're going to cross all the way, like through the wilderness of sin, where the desert was, and the children of Israel were, we're going to go across the Red Sea, we're going to go into Egypt, and we're going to be preaching the gospel primarily uh, in Cairo and then in another city in, in south of Egypt. And um, we're going to see, guys, we are believing God. There's been so much spiritual release upon this mission. I'm talking dreams and visions, prophecy and commands from Scripture that have been charging us to go. Like the, the king, the commander of the Lord's army has been charging us to go on this mission. We've been praying for a year and a half about this mission and been preparing and you guys are coming with us. Do you understand that? We're, we're the tip of the spear, but you guys are the shaft. You guys are the sending force behind the missionaries. You guys are, this little church has shaken nations. Do you guys understand? When we do crusades in Brazil and we train and equip evangelists in Brazil, there was just last year when we went to Brazil, you know, Matt and the church helped send us. We took a fire team down there and we trained 40 young believers how to preach the gospel and share their faith evangelize and we didn't just talk to them and teach them we took them into the real world we preached the gospel to thousands of people just in december in brazil we saw around 800 people make a decision to rededicate their life or repent from their sins we did bapti uh, baptisms we did follow-up we try to plug them into churches you guys are a part of all these things brazil is going to have a massive gospel crusade Sometime next year, 2024, this is what the Lord's been laying on us. You guys are all welcome to come in Brazil to see the glory of God, to see hundreds of thousands get touched by the power of God. And, and this trip to Egypt, guys, it's, it's, <laughs> it's something that's so on the heart of God. This place that we think not of, that we care not of, that we are too afraid to go to because it may cost our lives. You understand, it doesn't matter what burden you have. It matters what burden God has. People, like, I hear this all the time in America, like, well, I got a heart for America. You know, this is my mission field. Good, but you got about 5% of God's heart. That's what America represents, about 5% of the world. God has a heart for the whole world. Do you understand? He sees everyone the same. He shed his blood on the cross for every single person. John the Apostle wrote in one of his letters, he didn't just die for our sins, believers. He died for the sins of the whole world. He died for every nation, for every tribe, for every tongue. And this is what we're going to get into, guys. And the burden the Lord has laid on us. You know, we have to be open to receive his heart more. You see, guys, I don't want 5% of God's heart. I love America. 
I just was in Amish country in Ohio doing a tent revival. We saw hundreds of young people, Amish Mennonite country farm boys, giving their lives to Jesus, getting touched by the gospel and the power of God. We baptized almost 150 of these people in just the last year. These are people who are like controlled by religion, in bondage, and they're getting hit by the power of God up there. It's like a little revival's happening. I love America. I want to see America saved. But America's not the only place on earth, guys. Do you understand that this word, this God, his name, his first name in the Bible was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Jacob. Everything in the scripture, every prophecy, every event, it's centralized around the Middle East. It's, it's for whatever reason, it's the apple of God's eye. It's the, it's the core of his heart. It's the, the place where he moves and has chosen upon all the earth this little speck. You ever seen Israel on a map? It's like a little speck. It's not even as big as the smallest state in America. You guys understand? But it is God's heart. It's his chosen people. And there's so many lost sheep in Israel and in Egypt. Do you know God has a heritage in Egypt, guys? God has a people he's going to call out of the darkness into his glorious light. You guys are going to see photos when I come back of what God's doing there. So if you have your Bible, let's just transition into the word of God. And I'll share more. If you, if you have more questions, please talk to me after. But I want this to land on your heart today. This isn't about Brett's mission and, and what we're going to do in Egypt. This is about the body of Christ and what God wants to do for us. And this is what God, is it on? Is my mic clicking? No? All right. Sorry if you're online. Give me one second to get situated here. I guess it's not on. It's just not on. You want to check this thing, Maddie? Or? So I'll give you the scriptures as we're getting ready. I want you to turn in your Bible. Get your Bibles. Go to Exodus. Go with me to three places. As I'm getting ready here with my mic, you can go to Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three. And then get another, you know, like put a bookmarker. Go to Isaiah chapter six. And then put a bookmarker there. hear something is it okay yeah the mic's okay yeah is this one on okay oh gotcha yeah sorry guys just give us a minute here technical difficulties that's when you know you're doing something right you know you know when the spirit's about to move, amen? When the devil likes to mess things up. So this one's off. Is this on? No. Here we go, Mike, it is. All right. You might want to turn that down just a bit because uh, I feel some fire in my bones this morning. I'm just warning you. I'm just warning you this might get loud. 
Maybe not. Sometimes he speaks with a thunder and a lightning. Sometimes a still small voice. Amen. Okay, so we're going to look. Let me, let me just say this one word. Because this is my message to you today. Go. My message to the church. Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. To the church in America. To the church universally. The message of God The command of the Lord, the word of God says go. And we're going to look at this more today and dig into this. But again, this isn't some like teaching or sermonette. I want you to understand this is a command from God. And I have one question. I want to ask you guys one question. As we start, why do we go? Why? Why is it that we go out and we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? And we go out and we make disciples of Jesus Christ. And we go out and we share our faith with others. Let me just give you five reasons quickly. If you have a pen, if you like taking notes, now's that time. Number one reason we go. Jesus Christ is worthy. Amen? The reason we go out. And we share our faith with others and we try to win souls and we preach this gospel is because the Lamb of God is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. Have you guys heard of the Moravian missionaries? Has anyone heard of the Moravian missionaries? These were people who when the, when the church fell asleep during the dark ages and the word of God was taken from people and the spirit of God was quenched and the church was put under a bushel, the light of the world and the salt of the earth was put under a bushel. And then the reformation began. The word of God got back into the hearts and the hands of people. The spirit of God began to move again after a thousand years of darkness. The Moravians heard the cry of God to go. They heard the heart of God to go and take what they have received and share it with the unreached. And they would get on boats and they would go to islands and become, you know, martyrs. And they would get killed and they would get speared and they would get eaten by cannibalistic people. And they would get on this boat and their families would be wailing. Do you understand? They didn't go on a mission trip. They went to be martyrs. And they would get on these boats, guys. Hear what I'm saying. And they would... They would be launched out into the waters and their families would stand on the shore and they knew in that moment that's the last time I'll ever see this family member, my son, my daughter, my child, my brother. And they would begin to cry and weep like any one of us would, the family members. But the missionaries were singing and rejoicing, marching into their death and doom because they knew the lamb was worthy. And you know what they said? It became a, a cry, a missionary cry that's echoed for hundreds of years through the churches. They looked back at one of these trips at their families that were weeping, and they said, May the Lamb receive the reward of His suffering. May the Lamb receive the reward of His suffering. Do you understand? They they understood something that we've forgotten in the Western church, that Jesus Christ is worthy. We sing it in the songs. This morning, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. But do you really know that in your heart? You owe him everything. 
Are you really willing? This is not a message, guys, for a missionary. This is called the Christian life. You know that Paul said about the Christian life? He said, we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. Romans 12, we are called to be living martyrs. That's what the word living sacrifice means. Maybe you'll die a martyr, maybe you won't, but you're called to live like one, amen? For he's worthy. Number two, we, we love him. We go because he's worthy, and we go because we love him. Jesus, you see, said in his, one of his commands to his disciples, he said, if you love me, you will do what, church? No, when he talked to the, that was Peter, he said, you will, if you love me, John 15, he was talking to all the disciples, he said, you will obey my commands. If, think of that, if you love me, you will obey my commands. He said in another place, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see, the expression of God's love, the greatest display of God's person, his character, his nature, was the sending of his son Jesus. Do you understand that? The, the, the way that we know, for God demonstrated, he didn't just speak from heaven, he didn't send a love letter, he didn't send an angel to tell us. He, he displayed his love and demonstrated it in this, that while we were yet sinners, he sent his son. Christ Jesus died for the ungodly. He died for us even while we were unrighteous, when we were wretched. Jesus came to the earth and shed his blood on a cross for you and I. That was the greatest act, the greatest display of God's love. It was the sending out of his son from heaven. And Jesus said, Lord, Father, give me a body that I may go. Do you understand? Before the world was made, the lamb was already slain. Before the, the foundations of the earth were formed by the word of God, Jesus was already sent out and said, I will go. Do you understand? He was the greatest example of this go. And he said, if you love me, if you love me, be like me. Obey me. Go to all the world and preach this gospel. You understand what we're reading here is not a lesson. It's not a parable. It's a command, guys. This isn't some beatitude sermon. This isn't like a, a teaching of Jesus. You know, teachings is to help you understand. Commands is just, yes, Lord. You don't have to understand it all. I don't, I don't have a clue what's going to happen when I get to the Middle East and Egypt. You guys understand that, right? We have a plan. We have a vision. We walk in by faith. We're believing God for something. That if we preach this gospel, the power of God will be released and people will get saved. But we might go and get arrested. We might go and get martyred. I don't know what's going to happen. I obey him because he said, go. Another reason, the third reason we go. And this might take a minute, guys, this morning, but I, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to land in Freedom Church today. Do you believe that? Do you believe there's going to be a divine impartation today? If you don't know what that means, God's going to touch you today if you let him in because he's knocking right now the third reason we go there's some there's estimated 3.2 to 3.5 billion people
people right now on planet Earth without the gospel and without hope. Literally, like, they've never heard of Jesus. Three point something billion people have never heard of his name or the gospel of Christ or the message of salvation or they don't have access to it or they've heard a twisted version of it. They're lost, guys. Do you understand what that means? That if the, the world ended right now, the world stopped spinning, Jesus came back, fire from heaven, three point something billion of people that are on this planet will go to eternal damnation. Do you guys hear what I'm saying today? What the Spirit is saying. This is why we must go. There's three billion souls that are at stake. Three billion. Not thousand, not million, billion. Hell's mouth is never wide enough. The road to destruction, many travel. And few find the way that leads to eternal life. But you know the way. You know the one. And you can tell them. You can snatch people out of fire and show them eternal heaven awaits you. We can't change their hearts, but we can show them the one who can change their eternal destinies, who can save their souls, who can wash away every sin. You know him. He's in you. Do you let him out? We go because we're called and we go because we are chosen. I won't go into all the details because we're going to see this in the scriptures we read. John 15 says, Jesus said this to his disciples. You did not choose me. I chose you. I chose you. You know, some of you might say, I'm not a missionary. I'm not a called one. I don't have this divine burden on me. Get it. Get it quickly because your life's about to end. Very quick. Charles H. Spurgeon, you guys know the Prince of Preachers, one of my favorite men of God that ever lived. One of the greatest evangelists that ever lived. He said, if you have a work to do for God, do it quickly, for the wheels of eternity are spinning behind you, and death will soon overtake you. Let that land for a minute. If you have a work to do for God, do it quickly, for the wheels of eternity are spinning behind you, and death will soon overtake you. We've been chosen for such a time as this, guys. Jesus said, I did, you did not choose me, I chose you, and I chose you, that you will go and bear fruit, and much fruit, and fruit that remains. Let's go to Exodus 3. We're going to have to, again, this is not a, a, a teaching lesson. This is just, we're just going to read these amazing moments in history and let the Lord land on us. This is a call. Do you understand what's happening right now? This is a call from heaven. The Lord is saying something to us, church. Who will go for us? And he's, he's speaking. Will you answer the call? This is the story of Moses when he was called by the Lord. I'm going to read for sake of time a little bit quickly. This is when Moses first encountered the Lord in the burning bush. Moses Got a call from heaven, a call from the great I am. And then he went in obedience. Chapter 3, verse 1, follow me here. Now Moses was tending the flock. What was he doing? He was just watching sheep. And his father-in-law, his father Jethro, the priest of Midian, 
They were both tending together, and he led the flock back to the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. The angel, say that with me, the angel of the Lord. You know what that was? That was an actual angel. I don't need to teach you Hebrew. It was, it was either God himself, like is a, we call it a, I think it's, you know, a pre-appearing of Christ. I don't know the technical term for it. Or it's just a mighty angel of the Lord uh, on behalf of the Lord sent. A pre-appearing of Christ before his incarnation in, as a man. But the angel of the Lord appeared to to Moses in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So Moses looked and he beheld the bush burning and with fire, but yet the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, verse 3, I will turn aside. Hear me, church. He said, I will turn now aside to see this great sight. He turned his attention to the Lord. He turned his attention to what God was doing. He stopped what he was doing and he turned his eyes to the burning bush where the Lord was manifesting. He turned himself over. He stopped walking on his path, wherever he was heading, and he turned in direction to the Lord. And the bush said, or sorry, the Lord said from the bush, he turned to the bush. It does not burn. Because he said, let, sorry, let me go back to verse 3. I will now turn to see this great sight and why this bush does not burn. And then the Lord saw that he turned. And the Lord spoke and called him from the midst of the bush. And said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. The answer to the call. You see, God manifested himself. He made himself known in this visitation. The angel of the Lord came and appeared in this bush. The bush was seemingly on fire, but yet did not burn. Moses turned his attention to God and said, let me go see what is the Lord doing, what is happening. And a voice came out from the bush and called Moses, Moses. He called his name. And Moses said, just like Isaiah, which we'll read, he said, here am I. This is the response, guys, when God calls you by name, when he speaks to your heart when he tells you to do something he says here am i then god said verse 5 do not draw near to this place take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground you see this moment was very holy and history as we know it was about to unfold the the history of the entire world was about to totally change according to how God has written it in heaven. The Lord visited this man to become a great prophet, to go into the greatest nation, to set the people of God free. He was going into Egypt, guys. You understand why I'm reading this, right? He was going in to the strongest, most powerful nation in the world at the time to rebuke and command a Pharaoh to let God's people free. Do you understand? This wasn't light business. This wasn't some easy task. He was going to the most powerful man on earth who was a, a stiff neck, redneck, hard-hearted, you know, hard-hearted king that wanted nothing to do with the God of Israel. He wanted nothing to obey. He didn't want to hear anything, Moses said. And he had to get plague after plague after plague until his son was slain that he obeyed. See, this is holy ground, what you're hearing today. Just as the day Moses met God in that bush, 
This is a holy call and day. There's a reason we took communion, you understand? And you, Jesus just washed your feet this morning. This is holy ground. The Lord spoke to him, verse 6, said, I am the Lord. I am God, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. And Moses hid his face and was afraid to look upon God. Go down with me to verse 10. I'm just summarizing this whole story. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, and this might be you right now, this might be you in this moment, if you're watching online, the fear of God might be gripping someone, the calling of God might be stirring your heart. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should go bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? You know, I'm crying out to God all week, Who am I? that I should go to Egypt, Lord. Who am I? I was just a drug, a partying, punk, drug addict, drug dealer, nobody, from a broken family. I was the least. Me and my sister, you know, all my family in Canada, all nice and healthy families and prosperous homes. We were the the ones that left and Our family fell apart and our hearts were broken and we turned to drugs, we turned to alcohol, we turned to partying. Who am I? I was a no one. And Moses is experiencing this. God, you're you're this holy flame. I can't even approach you. Holy is your name. He took off his shoes. He bowed his face to the ground. Why are you even speaking to me? Why are you even choosing me? I'm a shepherd. I'm a no one. He actually murdered a man before this. He was a murderer. He was an angry guy. He struck the rock after this, right? Not the, not the greatest candidate for a messenger of God, amen? Maybe some of you are wondering, why me? Who am I that I should go? And God said, verse 14, go with me. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Someone say hallelujah. See, Moses was looking at himself. God said, look at me again, Moses. I am who I am. Forget who you are. Stop living for yourself. Stop looking at yourself. You are who you are. Yes, you're the murderer. You're the angry guy. You're the broken family. You're the least in your fit. You're the one. The No one thought God could use. But forget you. This isn't about you, church. It's about God. It's about God Almighty. That's why we go. And that's why he chooses the foolish things of the world and the weak things so that he gets the glory. He said, Moses, I am who I am. Thus you shall go and say to the children of Israel, the I am has sent you. And then he commands them in verse 16 to go. And you can read the rest later. Moses obeys. He goes. Turn with me to Isaiah 6. We're going to read this quickly. 
doing my best to honor time, but we need to honor the Lord in this moment. And whew, just help us, Lord, please, God. Reveal thyself. Isaiah chapter 6, I'm going to go ahead and read. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train, this is the call of the prophet Isaiah, and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory, and above it stood seraphim, each having six wings, with two they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two wings they flew. And they cried out to one another, and they said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. That word means the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord of heaven's armies. Holy, holy, holy is he. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door begin to shake, and the voice by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So then I said, this is Isaiah, Woe is me, for I am undone. Remember Moses? He fell on his face. Isaiah, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips who dwells in the midst of a people with unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Stop for a moment so that the holiness of God can land on us. You see, when we talk about these things, we can encounter them. When we read these things in Scripture, it is alive. These experiences of these men are not just for them, they're for us. And do you understand that you might not have been taken up into heaven. You might not have seen cherubim. And one day we all will, amen? But there's, there's a revelation that comes out of the Word of God. You don't need to see it to believe it. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe these things without seeing them, Thomas. Why do you doubt this is for us, guys? And this moment... Isaiah was seeing the holiness of God. And understand, it says in the year King Uzziah died. It's an interesting fact. King Uzziah did some great things in Israel. King Uzziah was a type of Trump leader. Everyone liked him. Well, not everyone. <laughs> but people liked him because he did what they wanted and he brought good things to them. And he brought prosperity to the nation and these type of things even though he blew it like every other king. But you see, hope was lost. Something had to die before the revelation of God came. And you see, in our church today, in a Western world, guys, in this America that we call America the Great, there's some things that need to die in this, in this church. There's some systems of man. There's some traditions that are not of God. There's some just sleepiness and lackadaisicalness and comfortability and all kind of things that can go down the list that are hindering us from seeing the Lord. You see, you can't go unless you're sent. And you can't be sent unless you first come to know Him. He sends those who are His. And they belong to Him. You see, before all these men of God went, they had an encounter with God. They had a moment where they experienced the presence of God to some measure, you know, the burning bush or this amazing encounter. And look at these angels. They, they begin to cry out, holy, holy, holy. They're flying. I mean, 
What incredible weird creatures. I mean, just weird. Six wings, you know, two wings covering their face, two their feet, two wings they're flying. I believe that's all literal. Nothing symbolic in that. Who knows? We'll see when we get to heaven. And they're flying around in heaven day and night, and they cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is full of his glory. You understand, Isaiah, before he went to preach to a stiff-necked, rebellious, wicked people that not one person in Israel listened to Isaiah the prophet's message. Not one. When he died and he was sawn in half and he was a martyr for the sake of the testimony of the word of God, they cut him in half from uh, bottom to top or top to bottom. I I don't know which one. It says that no one in Israel listened to his message. Not one. That's how hard-hearted these people were. So he had to see who was sending him. He had to see the Lord has an army, even though no one goes with me. If the Lord is on my side, nothing can stop it. Nothing can. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. This king that I saw in his glory with the armies of heaven around him and the angels is greater than every army on earth combined. You see? And these angels cried out, holy, holy, holy. And it's interesting, right? They... They do exactly what Moses did. He fell on his face and he could not look at the Lord. And these angels are literally covering their eyes because they've seen something that we need to see in the body of Christ today. They've seen the holiness of the Lord God Almighty. The holiness. The fear of God needs to fall back on the church in America. The hatred for sin. The love for what is good in God. The hatred for what is evil. You see, many of us are still loving our sin and we cannot see God. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. Who can ascend the hill of the Lamb except he who has clean hands and a pure heart? God is holy. And they don't cry for all of eternity, day and night, these three words because they don't have any other word in their vocabulary. It's because they've seen God. And that's all they say day and night for all eternity, for eons upon eons. Holy, 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 holy. And they won't even look at him. Do you know who I'm talking about, church, this morning? I'm not talking about a man or a prophet. I'm talking to you about Almighty God. Almighty God. People ask, why am I screaming? I can't help myself. It's like fire in my bones. It's fire in me. He is God. Do you understand who calls you? Do you understand who's chosen you? He is God. And beside him there is no other. And Isaiah, like everyone who would encounter such a God, He said, I'm undone, I'm wretched, I'm unclean. If you've never had this revelation, you don't know God. I say this with love. When I came to the cross, I had to acknowledge I'm a sinner. I'm unclean. It's not my mama's fault. It ain't my daddy's fault. It's me, oh Lord. I am a man with unclean lips. And yeah, everyone else around me is unclean too. But so am I. So am I. If you've not had this encounter with God, 
You don't know him. Or you know little, very little about him. The beautiful thing. The same seraphim then came, I'm just going to summarize, and he took the coal from the altar of God, which represents sacrifice, the place of death and burning. It represents the cross of Jesus. And he takes this coal, and he touches Isaiah's lips. He says, now you're clean. Now you're clean. Do you know those three words changed my life forever? When I was 17 years old and I cried out to Jesus in my bedroom, I'm unclean, forgive me. I'm unclean, forgive me. And I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what, I, what to say. But I knew I was unclean. And I was going to stand before God one day. And I heard a voice. And he said, now you're clean. It is done. Do you understand? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb, church? Have you been washed in the blood of Jesus? Have you been washed, please? Celebrate this King and His glorious mercy and love and grace. But after all this radical, angelic encounter, He enters the throne of God. He sees this holy, holy Lord. He sees his uncleanness. He recognizes he's undone. He gets touched by God and cleansed. Then verse 8, please read this with me. Please, he says, Then I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Who will go? Say that with me, church. Who will go for us? Do you understand this whole encounter, this whole call, this whole experience, it had a purpose. There was some reason for it that God chose this man to experience himself in such a degree that he would say, then he said, here I am, Lord, send me. You see, we cannot just go. We have to know the one who sends us. Then he gives him his mission. He tells him what to say and encourages him and tells him how he'll be with him. I won't read all that now. But do you guys understand? And this is what I felt in my heart needed to be said. So, so for today, for today, for right now, for you guys. And I know because I've been there, a lot of us can say, but, you know, I'm not Moses. I'm not Isaiah. They were called. They had these radical, I never seen a burning bush. I didn't hear this voice, Brett, like maybe you heard. And do you understand, though, you're just as sent as Moses and the prophet Isaiah was? Every single one in this room who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And every single one of you who's been saved is called by God to go. You see, Jesus said this. Jesus said this to his disciples. And you're one, right? You're a disciple. Is there any disciples in this room? Please raise your hand. All right, good. If you're not, we'll get that fixed right, you know, right at their service. Don't worry. The Lord will fix that up. But Jesus said right before he left to die on the cross, go rise again and go back to the Father. He said, just 
as the Father sent me, so I send you. Forget Moses and Isaiah. You know how sent you are? You're just as sent as Jesus was. You're just as sent as Jesus was from the Father. And I understand this because I see, I teach, and I train and equip believers, you know, to, to get this, to understand this. But so many don't. Matt, can you read the back of my shirt here real quick? What does it say? Train, equip, and deploy the greatest army of evangelists this world's ever known. That's what I do. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? And that's what the Lord is doing. But church, you personally, this has to become personal. This has to become God speaking to you. This isn't a call for missionary bread. This isn't a call for Moses and the prophet Isaiah. This is a command for you, church. This is for you. It's for the entire church body you might say i'm getting a little aged brett i get it you're you know you're in your mid-30s i'll send you a hundred bucks you go do it moses was 80 when god told him to do that jeremiah was a teenager i'm just a youth moses was aged he was 80 it doesn't matter your age guys it matters what the word of the lord says it doesn't matter your preference. Ah, I don't like kids. Jesus loves kids. Oh, I'm not, I don't feel called to the Middle East. Well, he's calling you, trust me. You better think, you better hear his voice. I don't feel called to Brazil. Well, maybe you won't move there, but they're your brothers. And you're called to help the poor in the church. And let me tell you, there's a lot of poor believers that could use a hand. You might not feel it. It doesn't matter. God's word says it. And he commands, guys, this is not. Let me read this. This is my last scripture. Let me read this. This thing is very serious, and we're going to land the plane in a moment. But Matthew 28, this is called the Great Commission. Okay, I'm not going to do a teaching. I'm going to just preach and let this land. This is Jesus Christ speaking to his whole church before his ascension. Yes, the 11 disciples were mentioned here, but understand all the disciples of Christ heard this great commission. They were all called to go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. They were all called to go and be witnesses, all of them. It wasn't for the 12 apostles only. This is called the great commission. Do you know what that means? It's a great command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a teaching. It's not a parable. This is a command from the Lord of hosts, the King of heaven's armies. He says to all of us, from their disciples all the way to the end of the church age, he says, verse 18, and then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Someone say that with me. And on earth. He has all power and authority in heaven and on earth. Go, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Church, this is not the end 
it's the beginning. Don't say amen as if, like, end your sermon, you know, good, good message, Brett. Amen, Jesus. I hear your word. You know what amen means? It means let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so, Lord. This is your command, so let it be so. If you say go, then I will go. If you say preach to all creation, then I will preach. If you say love them, even Judas. See, the greatest test of our Christian faith is not loving Jesus. He's, he's totally lovable. It's loving Judas. It's loving our enemies. It's loving those who persecute us. It's praying for those who spitefully use us. It's ministering even in the face of death. It's obeying the Lord no matter what the cost. This is not, forget my notes, this plane has to land very specifically here, very strategically. Church, you know, we need to change. This is, this is a rebuke to every single one in this room and to the entire body. I'm not targeting Freedom Church. I love Freedom Church. I know you, most of you all, and I see the love of God in you. But this is a call from heaven. This is holy ground. And this is Jesus speaking to you. I'm just his messenger. Everything I said came right out of this book. And the wheels of eternity are spinning behind you. Some of you have a year left. Maybe five, ten at best. And you're, you're sitting on things like resources and money and time. You see, go, it's, it's an action word. I'm not going to teach you what it means. I'm not going to teach you the Hebrew because you know why? It means go in Hebrew too. Arabic, you know what it means? Go and preach the gospel. You know what it means in Chinese? You know what go means in Chinese? Go. It takes action. It takes effort. You see, the church today is in a dilemma. The church of Christ is in a great dilemma. We are called by God to gather. Yes, right? You guys know these scriptures. And, and you know, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. And they gathered you know, these are commands, right, that we're called to keep. Don't forsake the gathering. You know, we ought to fellowship with one another. And they gathered acts, you know, too. And they gathered daily. And they fellowshiped and broke bread and worshiped and prayed. You know, we've mastered these things, guys. Now some are forsaken even that and fallen away. They can't even fellowship with other believers. I don't know how they're going to get, you know, <laughs> stand before God and say, I love you. You can't even love your brother right in front of you. Right? I mean, you can't even go to church and fellowship with Christians. I don't know how you're saying you're loving God. But just as equally as we're called to gather, church, grasp this, we're called to go. Do you understand? The same king that says gather yourselves together also says scatter and go preach this gospel. Don't let a persecution have to come upon you for you to go. That's what happened to the church in Acts. They were so full of love and joy and the, the gatherings became so good and they weren't going and the spirit of God sent the persecution he allowed a persecution to scatter the church to get the word of God out that's when they went in the book of Acts because some were not obeying a few were but some were not 
And this is a command. We must go. Guys, this isn't a, you know, we spend in America 90 plus percent, 90 plus percent. Do inventory in your own life. I challenge you and I charge you in the name of Jesus. Do inventory, even if you're a pastor or a leader. And if you're watching online, do a Christian inventory of your life and see how much time and energy and money and resources you spend in gatherings. Bible group here, Bible group there, prayer meeting here, prayer meeting there. You know how much time it is spent on average in the church? About 95% of our time, energy, resources on gatherings and 5% or less on going, on sending, on preaching this gospel. You see the dilemma. The same king calls us to gather. He's calling us to go too. And we cannot neglect one or the other. We cannot stop loving each other and gathering but we cannot neglect the going. We cannot neglect the sending. We cannot be disobedient. This is not, I'm going to end, just give me two minutes, a game. This is not a game. You will stand and I will stand before God Almighty one day and you will give an account for what you heard today. Do you know that? I will give an account for what I preached to you. I will give a higher account to obey this call. And you will stand before Almighty God. Is there any condemnation for those in Christ? There is none. You will not give an account for your sins because they're washed in the blood of the Lamb. All your sins are gone. But you will give an account. It's called the Bema Seat of Christ. You will, give, you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But it will not be a judgment according to your sins. It will be, what did you do with your life after I washed you in the blood? What did you do with that neighbor that was next to you 20 years? Did you even tell him anything? What did you do with the waitress at the restaurant that you eat at every single day and feed yourself? What did you do with this great call from heaven? It's not for bread only. And I can't do it by myself. We have to arise, church. Maybe, maybe, I'm not speaking for God's behalf right now because I'm not preaching the word. But maybe God is changing things in this church so that we can rearrange where we put our resources and what we do with our time and energy. I believe personally, I'm not like Paul said this, you know, not the Lord, just me personally saying, I believe if we begin to take 50% of our time and energy and resources and spend it on outreach, I'm not talking Africa, I'm talking right here, Palm Beach, and we start not neglecting the gatherings, but equally balancing, right? I believe this is a strategy from heaven, and this is just me speaking. If we would, would limit the gatherings, it's always another Bible group. Oh, you go to the church in Brazil. Every day of the week, they got another meeting inside the four walls. Listen, great, great. Praise God you're singing. I love singing too. Praise God you're praying. I love it too. Praise God you're worshiping. But guess what? Those things you will have all eternity to do. The one thing you cannot do when you enter the pearly gates is preach to a lost soul. You'll never again see a lost sinner in heaven. You will never again have the opportunity to share this gospel with someone who doesn't know Jesus. You will never again. The window of earth will close on you. 
and the gates of eternity will open, but you'll never again have the chance to reach that lost family member, to reach that lost neighbor. You must do it now. You must do it now. It's not even tomorrow. You can't wait, church. There's no more time. Today, you know what the Bible says? Today is the day of salvation. You ever heard that? It's not even in the Bible. You know what it says? It says now is the time of salvation. Now is the day. Not if, you're, if someone's drowning, they don't need to be saved four hours later today. They need to be saved now. This gospel must be preached now. People need to hear it now. People need Jesus now. And we will stand before a living God and give an account. In closing, I personally will go to the Middle East again because, yes, he's worthy, and I love him, and I've been called and chosen for such a time as this. But God has gripped my heart. The, the Spirit of God has taken a hold of my heart. And I want to give you a moment today. Now, we're going to pray to experience this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. This wasn't a teaching. This is a moment, a divine moment, a holy thing. And I want you to ask God to give me your heart, Lord. Give me your heart. For too long we've been saying, that's not my call. That's not my burden. It's the Lord's burden. Who cares what your burden is? It's the Lord's burden. Who cares what you think? It's not about you. We preach to children all over the world, Brazil, Africa, here, youth. And then we try to train people to share the gospel with youth. They're like, oh, I'm not, not kid-friendly. Who cares? Jesus loves them. He loves children. Who cares if you love them? But the problem, the reason we don't do it is because the heart of God is not in us to the point where we're moved. And I'm not going to bring this hammer down any harder. But the reason I'm flying halfway across the world and I'm not seeing my family for a month and a half and I'm going to a desert and one of the most dangerous places on earth it's not because it's cool guys or fun it's because i've been called to go today's my son's birthday i've been there for both of their births and all of their birthdays but for the sake of the gospel i can't be with him he's in finland my wife's doing a fire camp training evangelists in finland i'm gonna go e preach in egypt But I'm going to pray for you today that you will be gripped with an anguish. That's the only word I can put to it. An anguish for souls. An anguish for sinners. An anguish, a heart, the heart cry of God's heart. The, the feelings that He has. This is going to be the moment you can experience this if you want it. Like what he feels, you will begin to feel. What, what he wants, you will begin to want. But you have to be willing to let him change you. You have to be willing to let him shift things and, and get 
not so much focused on ourselves and our gatherings, but him and his mission. So I'm going to give an altar call now. If you're watching online, just bow your head and get on your knees. Cry out to God. Do what Moses did. Get on your face. You don't need to come to the front. I'm just kind of laying a foundation. You don't need to come to the front right now. This isn't about some special preacher. I can't give you anything. Only God can give you this. I can pray for you. If you want to come up now, I'm asking you to come forward to receive an impartation from heaven, a gift, and it's called the heart of God. And if you will receive more of him, this is for everyone. This isn't an altar call for, you know, salvation. I just want to make that clear. It's not a call, you know, if you feel call, if you feel burdened to repent of your sins, please just start crying out to God yourself right now. Wherever you're at online here in the room, just begin to confess your sins to the Lord. Begin to repent and cry out to God. Begin to give yourself fully to Him. But I want, if you feel led and called by God to obey the Great Commission, then come forward. Come forward so we can pray together. I'm going to ask Pastor Joe to come up so we can pray with people. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come and land on people right now. I don't need to say any more. I just ask you, Father, come. The Word of God is alive. It's active. It cuts, Lord. Dividing even soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Your Spirit can quicken us, God. Quicken people right now, Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to come and land on people's hearts. I'm asking you to come and touch people's souls. I'm asking you to come and give them a holy fear of God, a command that the word of God will grip them so deeply that they will never be the same again. Holy Spirit of God, I'm asking you to bring conviction where there needs to be conviction. I'm asking you to pour out fire where there needs to be a, a, a reigniting. I'm asking you to touch people now, Lord. Touch them. Touch them, Holy Spirit. Yeah, in the mighty name of Jesus, just touch people right now. I see flames of fire coming down. Flames of fire. And he says, I have a flame for each one of you. I have a fire for each one of you. But will you let the flame of God land on your altar of your heart? Will you let the fire of God consume everything in you and burn up every worldly thing out of you? Will you let my fire touch you today? The bush is burning. The Lord is calling heaven is open the voice of God is saying whom will I send who will go Holy Spirit touch people now online touch them I pray for divine callings to be released right now their destiny their calling Holy Spirit do it Lord you are God in Jesus name we worship you Come to the altar. If you want the fire to never burn out, you must present yourself as a living sacrifice. He is the fire. God says, I am the consuming fire. If you will present yourself as the sacrifice, He will send the fire.
but you must become a living sacrifice. You can't be lit on fire if you will not sacrifice yourself. More, Lord, I thank you, Lord, more. Nations, I pray nations right now. Cities, I pray people, people within our towns right now will begin to be drawn, that we will begin to be pulled to them, and they will begin to be drawn to us, and we will preach this gospel. I pray that you will even give people to our minds right now, people that are lost, people that are heading for eternal hell. Show them right now, people. I pray people's names and faces will appear in our minds right now, people, and that we will be faithful to minister to them. Cities and nations will be released right now. I pray for divine burdens and anguish to come upon us and anguish from heaven. The same anguish that saw the souls of men lost and said, I will send my only begotten son. The same anguish that Jesus cried out in the, in the garden of Gethsemane with and he cried out on the cross with. I pray that an anguish from heaven will be released into our hearts right now, Lord, because we can't wait another day. And I pray you fill us with power in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Before we end, Pastor Joe's going to share a word, but I just felt in my heart someone needed to hear this quickly is that even though you're in the last stage of life, the Lord is not done with you. He's not finished. Just like Moses at 80 years old, his ministry just began. And I just hear the voice of the Lord say, finish well, finish well. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. If you're lost, if you're still in the darkness, if you're still clouded by sin, you can be released today totally free. Free to fly and serve the living God. Amen. And just finish well. Forget the past. Let it be, Let it be Lord. Release people right now into their destiny and call. It doesn't matter what age you are. 
It doesn't matter all the garbage you've been through. You're a perfect candidate for the grace of God and for the power of God. Your weakness will be perfected in his strength. Your weakness is, is what draws him towards you. And all the sin and garbage in your past is what draws his grace towards you. Just receive from him today in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Brett's right, you know. Um, four years ago, I was 68 years old, and I'm in Brazil, keeping up with the 20-some-year-olds or 30-some-year-olds, so along with Suzanne. And I never even, before, really, I never even thought of my age. I just went. And God used me, and I was, you know, I was up in the leading of the pack and not really hanging back. One of the translators, a little young lady, she's um, a little young lady. She said, how old are you, Pastor Joe? I said, well, I'm 68 years old. She says, you remind me of my grandfather. And I'm there like, am I that old? You know what? But it didn't slow me down. It didn't slow Suzanne down. We were up till four in the morning, praising the Lord and worshiping God and, and leading and God was delivering people. So don't worry about your age, because God will give you strength. Like Brett said, Moses was 80. You know, just got to keep on going on. Don't pay attention to your age. We've got a lot of work to do. you got to go and tell. And I love that. And you can go, you can help Pastor Brett by, by um, supporting him in prayer. For those of you here today, you can... Go on the back table back there on the, just in front of the stained glass windows. There's envelopes for Pastor Brett to support his ministry as he moves, you know, starts. He's leaving this Friday. So if you can spare it, you know, make an extra offering, you know, and give it to the missions that, that Brett is uh, called to. And for those online, you can stay, go to our line online, freedomchurchpb.org. He's leaving Friday. If you want to support his ministry, um, go to the Give Lifey button and donate, and I'll make sure he gets it before he leaves. Donate online and put down there for Pastor Brett or missions, and I'll make sure it gets there. It's important that we go. Time's running out, as you well know. If you read, if you read the back cover of my book about the summary of Bob Pastor Joe and my little intel, it says, "Here's my motto: Come and see. He is risen. Go and tell." In capital letters. It's important, kids. It's important. It's not a command. It's not a. As Brett says, it's not a. If you can, it's you are commanded to go and tell, whether it's your neighbor or the person in Brazil or in South Africa, it doesn't matter. So let's close in prayer. Thank you, Brad. This kind of preaching fires you back up. It gets that smoldering ember gone. You know, it turns it into flame. And that's where the church needs to be. So Father, today, as we started in prayer, calling for the wind of your fire to relight the embers in our heart, we still pray that, Lord, only with much more fervency. Put your holy fire within us and send us 
to whom it is you want us to go and use us for your glory. And Holy Spirit, we pray that their time is right and they would receive Jesus as their Savior and their Lord. Do you be the glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everybody. I love you all.